Ed and welcome back to episode 30 of Free the Geek FM. In this episode, I have an awesome and really informative chat with my mate Robert Basic. I'll see you in a sec. Hello, hello, g'day, and welcome back to episode 30 of Free the Geek FM. In this episode, I have a very informative chat with my mate Robert Basic, who I like to think of as a very thoughtful and insightful software engineer. He's also a consultant and open source contributor from Serbia. Now, he provided a wealth of information to me on why he chose to start a software consulting business instead of taking what I guess you could see as the more traditional path of seeking full-time employment. In a nutshell, he shared with me that some people, and I agree with him, are just better suited to, say, running a business or being a freelancer than being a permanent or full-time or part-time employee, perhaps primarily because of a sense of a need for autonomy. Now, having said that, he isn't against full-time employment, as you can learn so much from it. And again, I agree with him here. You know, some very valuable skills, such as being a part of a team and and working within those confines. However, you know, like me, he sees a need for an autonomy that isn't necessarily fulfilled in full-time employment. So I'm sure if you're interested in making the change, taking the leap, if you will, from full-time employment to being a freelancer or running a software consulting business or being part of the software consulting business, such as the wonderful people at Rove, then this is an episode which I am absolutely confident you won't want to miss. There's lots of good stuff. He shares lots of uh, hand information and, and his thoughts and feelings on, on you know, why he's taken that approach. Now, another little key takeaway is that despite his nervousness, yes, he is, despite the sound of his voice, I was actually quite surprised when he said he was nervous during our chat. That key takeaway is that despite the fact that he's quite nervous about speaking in public, he's very encouraging of using this as a way of building your career and and building your freelance or, or software consulting business. And it's also an excellent way of giving back to the community and helping others. I mean, all of You know, that's like a win, 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 and win, multi-win kind of situation. So anyway, if you're keen to get some insights and tips from a young, but what I think of as a very well-rounded developer and business owner, then this is the episode for you. But one last thing, because the interview was sort of the interview. There I go again. The fireside chat was, again, on the longer side. So I'm not going to go on too much other than to say, If you want to get in touch with me at any time, if you want to be a guest on the show, if you know somebody who could be or would be an excellent guest, then please get in touch with me anytime. You can get in touch with me two key ways, both at Twitter, at FreeingTheGeek, or at SetterMJD. Either of those, I check them pretty reasonably. So if you send me a message, I'll see, and hopefully it'll be about yourself or someone wanting to come on the show or something else equally as interesting. If you want to know anything more about today's episode, check out freethegeek.fm forward slash episodes forward slash episode hyphen zero zero three zero. And one last thing before I dive right in. If you're looking for PHP training and specifically unit testing and acceptance testing, then I want to give a shout out to Gary Hocken and Rob Allen from PHP Training. 
Specifically, PHP Training offers public modern PHP training courses in the UK. They have a, an initial course coming up on automated PHP testing, and that is going to be held on the 13th and the 14th of March in Bristol, where they will be teaching how to test new and legacy applications using both unit and acceptance tests. The course will be taught by Rob and Gary, and this course has a pragmatic focus to ensure that your training is applicable to your work back in the office. If you're interested, if that sounds like something for you, definitely check out phptraining.co.uk for more information. That's phptraining.co.uk. Without further ado, here is the fireside chat with Robert, and I'll see you after the chat. But maybe first, uh, like a, a little intro, like, you know, like, so how you came to be working as you are like did you start off at some point as as a stereotype employee or did you sort of always work as you do now okay so i first started freelancing while still in college and while still learning uh php and programming you know just to get some side money um mm -hmm. and then i ended up working for a local company while still being at college for like four months or so, five months. Then I quit that job because I realized I can't finish the college and work at the same time. Like I just, I have to focus on one thing at a time. When I graduated, then I saw on Twitter that one company in a, in a different city in, in, the, in, in Serbia still, in Novi Sad is hiring. So I sent out DM to the guy, sent out my CV, and ended up getting that job mm -hmm. uh, and so i worked for that company for almost exactly two years i mean i think it was like give or take a week or two for a full two years mm -hmm. and from there on i went to open up my own company and i started a business partnership with Branat uh, Srdjan from the code for hire company uh, and yeah, we are still business part partners today. That's six and a half years. Wow. Yeah. We started working together in July, 2011, I think. Yeah. Something like that. Was it the original freelancing that sort of prompted you to, to go and, and start a company again? Like you were familiar with that? Uh, if I could, I mean, I, wa I, I wasn't, uh, like, a freelancer uh -huh. I think I did one website for a Serbian client and I was uh, maintaining one Zen framework website for a London-based locksmith mm -hmm. so he had a website uh, built in Zen framework I did some maintenance for him uh, but what made me go into like my own business and starting uh, the partnership with Granats is basically I didn't like the office environment and mm -hmm. I didn't like the, the, the lack of, I can't say power, but just like having more, uh, a bigger, sorry, this is where my English being the third language kicks in. <laughs> okay, the autonomy? Uh, yeah, a bit more autonomy, like making decisions, you know, mm -hmm. that's, that's what was missing for me. And... So yeah, it, it's been a really good decision to to go this path. 
Hmm, okay. That's interesting because it's that same uh, feeling is, is really what motivated me to, to start freelancing. I mean, there were other things, but I sort of felt for so long, I could sort of hear my dad's voice in my head saying, you know, I just had to stick at it a bit longer and, and all kinds of excuses. And then when yeah. we moved here to Germany, um, I think I had like a, I had a role here briefly for about a year and then it came to an end and I thought, well, if I'm not going to do it now, then I'm probably never going to. And I might end up regretting not at least having a try. So I just did it and have had that proverbial feeling like, why didn't I do this years ago? Because yeah. I'm not yeah. saying it's been easy or, or perfect, but as you say, that, that sense of, of autonomy, that sense of control, that ability to sort of influence what you're doing is fantastic. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I'm not saying that working for a company or in an office setting is, is bad. I think that those two years for me did a great thing. Uh, it helped me a lot to grow mostly as a, as a person, mm-hmm. as, as someone who works in a team. You know, I, lear- I learned more uh, people skills like in, in, in that job. Mm-hmm. So, you know, everyone should try both if given the opportunity and then decide like what's better for them because someone works better in an office setting like they like to have the commute go to the you know the office and do that whole thing mm-hmm. like I, I just like sitting in my apartment in my living room and working from there <laughs> <laughs> yeah i one of the things that drove me is, is when you said commute, it reminded me of it. I was in, when I was in, working in London, it was, it, it was good. It was, it was a really good opportunity, but traveling on the tube every day, I, I swear it just every day, it just, it just knocks you down that bit, that bit further and it sort of just chisels away at you. At least it did for me. Like some friends were, had a very simple attitude. It was, that's just how it is. That's what I do. Yeah. I, could never really accept that i just i looked at people around me and i looked at their faces and everybody just well not everybody but a number of people there just seemed to be dead just hop in head down close eyes that's why i hop off and one day i looked I, i saw this gentleman i think he'd be late 50s and i just looked and thought that's not going to be me and i guess that sort of clinched it yeah but I mean, for other people, I guess it's just, it's, it's how it is, or they accept that, or it's, they're fine with it. It just never was for me. Yeah. I, I mean, here in Serbia, if you're not in Belgrade, uh, that's our capital and our biggest city, mm-hmm. then you really don't, anywhere you work, you, if you work in the same city, you don't really have to commute because the cities are small, you know? So I lived for, I think, nine years in the second biggest city in Serbia, Novi Sad. Like my commute there was 15 minutes of walking. Like, you know, that's, oh, what? you know, it's a, yeah, it's a small city. Oh. So, and it's the second biggest. <laughs> that's so not fair. <laughs> so again, I don't know about that, but yeah, I, I, I haven't experienced that part of commute. If, if it's, if it helps to put it in a, in a, sense of perspective my average commute in 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 london at least in the last job i had there because i lived um, almost sort of the other side of the city 
um, comparatively to where the job was. And the job was a bit outside of London or toward the end of the public transport zone. And it would take me two to four hours each way a day. Yeah, you can cross half Serbia in that time. Yeah. (laughs) You look at at the distance of how far you're actually going and you think it's actually not that far, but it takes forever. And that is getting to the tube stations, getting from them and and all the pieces and the random stops. You you build up this this tick list of um, phrases or whatever that you'll hear as to why the tube stopped again. But then they'll say, everything's running perfectly. And you're like, (laughs) don't think so somehow. But that's incredible. You have 15 minutes and walking. Yeah. Oh, I'm seriously jealous now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, that part wasn't horrible at all. Mm-hmm. So from that aspect, it was okay, but you just had that feeling that the, the, what, the, that, that structure of working where you go to work for somebody, just it didn't sit right with you. Yeah, it didn't sit, sit right with me. It, well, obviously, the financial part of it is that when I, I kind of overheard the the price the boss was getting for my hours that I put in, mm-hmm. and then the paycheck at the end and the number of hours. So that was like a bit awakening uh, moment, you know, to learn how much uh, on top of my working hours does the boss get. I mean, of course, he has other. Uh, people to 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 pay out. Then there's my, uh, you know, pension fund, uh, healthcare. We all have that in in Serbia. When you're when you're in a, in a where you're well, sorry, when you are an employee at a company. Mm-hmm. So that's that's all taken care of. But you know, I can pay for that uh, for my for myself as well, mm-hmm. and. And of course, just to have the liberty to take on jobs I want to, not uh, jobs I need to, mm-hmm. and you know, things like that. Things like that. Okay. Definitely. Yeah, I, I remember I was working for a company in the UK in, in that kind of arrangement, and you, and you see what you're getting, and then you accidentally hear, and it's just they're charging that much extra. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so you, you, you moved in, 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 into and created a business. What was it like getting started? We all sort of build on a, on a certain reputation or was it all from scratch or how did it, how was it in, uh, at the start? Well, I had the opportunity and the luck to start with Ranats, who already had a business up and running. Mm-hmm. So we kind of did a, and still are doing a, like a sort of a, business-to-business relationship. So I have my own company. He has own, his own companies, uh, company, sorry. And, mm-hmm. you know, we do business together. Uh, okay. So, so that part was, that, that part made it a bit easier for me to, to get going. Mm-hmm. Uh, because initially, uh, and mainly still, he's responsible for acquiring client, clients, you know, and I'm more of a, the actual programming part of our business arrangement mm-hmm. but just having uh, my blog uh, that's been a great help in in, in locating clients mm-hmm. uh, yeah the biggest client we had we were with them for four and a half years a US based client uh, they found me 
through my blog, through my writing about Zen Framework 1. Again, they had an application running in Zen Framework 1. They needed help. I connected that gentleman with Vranats, and the rest is history. Mm -hmm. And even what's today is Wednesday, right? Yesterday, we had a call with another company that, again, found me uh, and or us uh, through my blog. And so, I don't know, blogging, blogging uh, is doing good things for me, business-wise. Just, just curiously, on that point, how long have you been blogging for? This incarnation of my blog started in August or September 2008. And this is my third or my fourth blog. The previous versions are lost to the internet archive somewhere. <laughs> okay, so this one what is primarily focused on programming. So were the others more general or were they the same kind uh, of theme? Same kind of theme, but with me trying to represent myself as a big company instead of a freelancer or a consultant of one person. Okay. So my, I remember my very first website, which was also my blog, you know, I, I spoke there in a, like, we do this, this is our portfolio. And, uh -huh. you know, just trying to show that, like, it's not just a one man shop, which ended up like, I realized that's just not me. I don't like to lie. So I scrapped all that. And then I started this site huh. and my blog. And yeah, I'm being addict. I've been at it ever since. Okay. That's, that's something I wondered about as well, because there's the, what the Zen framework blog that I don't really put as much time into as I, as I once used to. There's the freelance site and you see so many people who would either speak in the very formal, they would speak in this third person, like as they were talking about themselves and yeah. then it's very sort of informal. They just, they just spoke as if you were actually talking to them. And yeah, same thing. I sort of tried to sound all professional, what I thought was professional, very businesslike, um, deliberate air quotes um, there. And after all, it just felt really silly because it's like, if it's just me, then, well, it's kind of obvious. So why am I, you know, mentioning? Exactly, exactly. So, and, I, there, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, being just you. Mm -hmm. How do you... Do, do you feel that you may have not gained work because you said, yeah, you were quite honest and said it was just you or do you feel that it's not been a problem at all, that it's actually been more of an advantage in the approach that you've taken? I honestly don't know because I guess people who don't want to work with me don't contact me. So, you know, I, I'm not sure the amount of business I lost because of my approach, but I do know that the, business I did get through my blog, through my website was good business, mm -hmm. you know, both financially and for my programming career as I was, uh, how to say it, uh, had the opportunity to grow and learn on those projects. So, mm -hmm. you know, I wouldn't change a thing. Okay. Um, you've been speaking at conferences as well. Yeah. Uh, not not as much as I should. Uh, I did one, like, uh, I did one conference in Zagreb in 2011. Yeah. And I did one conference in Budapest, uh, 2010 or 11. 
then I, I always got overly stressed out over speaking publicly. Uh, even now, I'm just like talking to you over Skype. I'm shaking. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's like, oh, I need to breathe more. You sound fine for what it's worth. Yeah, thanks. Uh, and I did a PHP meetup slash conference uh, in Novi Sad, which was organized by the Serbian PHP user group. Mm-hmm. We, in, for the entire country, we have one single PHP user group. So, like PHP Serbia, great guys though. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did a conference slash meetup talk there uh, and did a couple of on-con talks in PHP De Verona, PHP Benelux, and that's about it. So, yeah. I, I didn't do a lot of conference speaking, unfortunately. But I'm trying to change that. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm, I prepared, I have prepared like five talks now, mm-hmm. and I'm sending it out to CFPs and hoping for the best. Do you do you feel that uh, even though you said that you haven't spoken that much at conferences, do you feel that that might have helped as well with business, sort of raising a profile or? Helping people become Definitely. aware of you? Definitely. Definitely. Okay. Like, that's again one of the reasons why I uh, want to talk more at the conferences, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, for, you know, putting myself out there, letting people know, hey, I'm here. Mm-hmm. I know stuff. I, I can help you out. Uh, there's, of co- or there's, of course, the, the travel part of, of speaking at conferences. And mm-hmm. The, but the most important part for me is uh, the, the, same, the same reason why I have the blog, why I do open source contributions, why I want to start uh, the conference speaking thing is just knowledge, like pure knowledge sharing and gaining more knowledge. Okay. Like that's, that's what drives me mostly. Okay. Very honorable. Um, okay. So, so, so is it, is a, um, I'm kind of stumbling over my thoughts. Is is it with getting to do more conference speaking? Was it you were hesitant or sort of a bit nervous before, and so you sort of didn't do as much because of that? Uh, hesitant, nervous about uh, speaking in public, uh, having a bit of an imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. and yeah, ma- mainly mainly that. So thinking that. I have no reason to be up on that stage that everyone else already knows what I know, you know, that, that, that thing. Uh, but Matthew, I'm probably going to butcher his, his last name, My, Matthew Turland, mm-hmm. Elazar on, yep. on, on Twitter yep. from the Fergie IRC bot fame. Mm-hmm. He wrote a blog post maybe a year or so ago uh, titled, Why Aren't You Speaking More? Or why aren't you going to conferences more? Mm-hmm. And um, that blog post of his initially started me thinking why I'm not uh, blogging more because mm-hmm. my blog was also in a kind of a state of neglect. Uh, so I started blogging more after that and eventually I realized there is things I can talk about at conferences. So let's try and do that. So 
thank you, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's a really nice person. I find he, I don't know, at least to me, he came across very understated. I, I felt, you know, for all that I'd learned from him, I, you know, I, I thought he would have been sort of, what's the right word, louder or more, more out there. But yeah, he was, he was, he was a pleasure to talk to. Yeah, I, I haven't had the chance to meet him uh, either personally or virtually other than Twitter and IRC and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So hopefully I'll change that one day. Yeah, he's hoping. The other person that, that got me, actually speaking of conferences, was uh, Lorna Jane. I'm not sure. I, I figure most people in PHP know Lorna, but um, we worked together, oh, when was it? I think it was about 2009. And I just really didn't go to conferences. I think I just sort of felt like I, I didn't know why I should go or that I didn't really fit in. And, and, you know, all these sorts of, as you said just before, these senses of excuses or nervousness or uncertainty. And somehow it came up in conversation about the PHP UK conference. Uh, I think this was l late 2009 and maybe it was, uh, she was talking about the conference, which is in February each year. And somehow came up that I wasn't going and she just glared at me like, why aren't you going? And I said, I, uh, and I stumbled to think of something and everybody looked at me and said, no matter what reason you think of, she will shoot you down. <laughs> and so I tried a few and yeah, she just shot me down on each one. And it, but it was great. Like as a result of going, I think I went for four years and cool. I haven't always sort of been going to like, I haven't gone to loads of conferences, but it's been great to go because you kind of just feel like, yeah, you're around people who are like yourself. You can meet other people, get to, you know, and learn from them. And you, okay, you know, at least I've occasionally been told that things that I said to somebody helped them out as well. So that mutual sharing. Yeah. So yeah, it's been good. I, I can't say for myself if I've gotten work from speaking at a couple of conferences, but it's definitely been, uh, definitely been rewarding to, to prepare a talk, to submit it, to present it. So, yeah, even though you sort of stand there and look at the, the people in front of you and like, as you said, why am I standing here? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure one of these people here could know, would know three times as much as I do. Exactly. What uh, I liked uh, how Matthew Virofini uh, put that into context in, in the interview podcast with, with you mm -hmm. is that you know, and that's a, that's a good uh, way of looking at it. You know, I put in the work uh, to create a talk. I submitted the, the CFP, wrote the abstract, went through countless rejections to be here. And now I'm, I'm the expert in the room. Mm. So that's, that's, I like that way of looking at it. Yeah, I guess it's a really practical thing because anybody could sit in a seat and uh, worst case, heckle you or, or, or say things or write a bad review. But that person didn't put in however many hours to think of the idea, to prepare the talk, to submit it, to refine it, to practice it and all those things. You know, they exactly. turned up, sat there and then hopefully stayed for the whole time. So, yeah, oh, I can't think who I was talking to. It was at ZenCon year before last or last year mate the, the years are getting blurry um and when i was he came in after me i'm i can see his face but i can't think of his name and he was giving the talk straight after mine and there i am at the end just packing up and he's coming in 
or was the other way around? And he just looked so confident. You know, just quite together and, and uh, you know, he was there to give his talk. He'd prepared and, and there we go. And I talked to him later in the evening and I said, you look so confident earlier. He said, really? He said, oh, I, I felt anything but. But you just, I just couldn't tell by looking at him and I really enjoyed his talk. Yeah. But yeah, well, different people, different approaches. Yeah. I don't know. I, I try to look at a couple of like YouTube videos on how to present. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, but I guess it's just what everyone else is saying that practice makes, per- makes perfect mm-hmm. because my, the, the conference, the, the talk I gave in Budapest like six or seven years ago, that was just a complete bust. Like mm-hmm. I went dead silent for like five minutes at, at one point. Like I just couldn't remember anything. Okay. And after that, I like said, uh, I'm not, I'm not doing talking public speaking ever again. Yeah. yeah that, 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 I mean, that experience was brutal for me. Uh, but now beginning of the year, I gave two or three, uh, talks at the local meetups mm-hmm. and like I practiced the hell out of it. Like, you know, I knew it's really maybe like 20, 30, 50 people max. You know, I'm going to put in the hours to, to practice, to rehearse it. Mm-hmm. And I was still nervous on the, on the, on the stage when I, when I got up to, to talk. But that practice paid off. Like, when I got nervous, I knew how to calm myself. I knew that I know what's going to be on the next slide. I knew what, that, I knew what I'm going to talk about next. So mm-hmm. I guess just like practice, practice, practice. Was there um, uh, sort of like a, a particular thing that you, you focused on? Was there a particular technique that you used? And, and what I mean by that is one of my mm, in, in, impromptu mentors, if you will, for public speaking is uh, an Australian developer and, and security person. His name's Troy Hunt. And he told me, and I think I found a link or someone shared a link where he just details or, sh- or wrote about the level of detail that he'll go into to prepare for a talk and he, he gets rated as far as I can see very highly and reading this talk, it's no wonder. I was wondering like, is there, was there a particular thing you, you focused on in the preparation or you just, you worked hard at everything, you know, like what's my abstract? Is that a clear abstract? Um, writing a, a, a well-structured talk and then just practicing lots or was uh, it something completely different? For the abstracts, I try and come up with like two or three paragraphs and then I always submit it to the helpmeabstract.com mm-hmm. website. I always get uh, loads of useful feedback from it. Uh, now, for when I was preparing for conferences, I know Adam Kulp helped me out, uh, Matthew Turland again, uh, Gary Hawken, like all these people just like providing feedback. Hey, this can be approved. This can be, you know, this is good enough. This is excellent stuff like this. And that's mm-hmm. really helpful. And then when I revisit and, and, and update the abstracts, they come back. This can still be better or this is now perfect. You know, mm-hmm. it, it helps getting a bit more confident about the actual idea of the mm-hmm. talk. Yep. And then I just start writing notes on what I want to cover, try to create a, like flow 
how to how I want the the, the, the talk to go and I try to write like mini blog posts for every slide I have or every group of slides mm -hmm. so I prepare the, the the speech in front sort of and then yeah just start practicing it uh, I realize uh, I think what helped me a lot is I start a zoom conference call with myself hmm. and then I record myself giving the talk and then I look back look it back uh, after I'm done and okay. to, to find uh, places where I can improve where I start stuttering where I start using a lot of mm's and likes and other filler words. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I, and as I said, I'm just like beginning out with the whole conference speaking. Uh, so, I don't know, there's probably lots of room to improve. Oh, that's, uh, that's fascinating, the point about using Zoom and recording yourself. A, a friend of mine, um, his name's Ian Barber, um, British developer, I think still working for Google. We worked together and he told me, I'd never given a talk before, even at a meetup. And I said, can you give me some tips? And he said, the, the one thing I can give you is, I, I think it was watch videos of yourself. And I guess he was in a position that his were recorded and put online. And he said he would look at himself and, and he, why he said that was, he said, everybody has a tick somewhere in some way, whether it's I don't remember what he said his was like he like he tapped his chest or something but he it was a subconscious thing you know some people sway from foot to foot or move backwards and forwards and as you say like stutter and, and use more filler words and he said that was yeah. his thing that you can find out whatever it is that you do when you're uncertain or you lose your train of thought and try and just get rid of that so it's interesting that you said you use a zoom video I'd never thought of doing that yeah, uh, again, that was a, a tip I got from, I think it was Miros Vrtan from the leader of the Zagreb PHP community. Mm -hmm. I think he shared that that idea of watching uh, recordings of while, while preparing the talk of himself. So I gave that a try and I don't know, it, it had, I think it had positive impacts on, on my, my meetup talks. Okay. I've been meaning to, to, to apply to, is, is it PHP Sophia? Is that, is that in Serbia or have I got the uh, uh, PHP Sophia is in Bulgaria. Damn, I got uh, the country wrong. Sorry. Nah, it's okay. We're, we're neighbors all. Uh, but the, I think the CFP for, yeah, it is a CFP for PHP Serbia is open. So <sighs> submit to it and then we'll grab a beer or a cup of tea or something. All right. Well, I've got one talk idea, but it's, it's Docs' code. I'm, I'm trying to think of some relevant experience with code specific as well, at least have two talks to put in. Um, I've definitely thought of applying to it. Uh, okay. Yeah, yes, certainly. Right. You, you should do that. I mean, especially, you know, documentation is not really covered in, in conference talks. It should be covered more. Okay. And I know, and, and I know you do a lot of writing, technical writing. So. Yeah, I, I think too much. I, I think I spend <laughs> that potential too far. Um, yeah, trying to maybe bring that back into balance. But but coming round to to I guess to sort of business and freelancing and and all that again. I'm, I, I guess the question is redundant to say that 
is it for everybody? But I'm wondering if you would have suggestions or sort of tips for people who maybe had worked for uh, maybe as, as all their entire career as um, full-time employee um, or were considering doing it as you know, sort of suggestions on sort of how to get started and to qualify that a bit. I know when I started off, I thought I needed to do, to do all these things and get all these apps and stuff. And two and a half odd years later, I find that I really don't need much at all. There's only a few things that I actually need to do and to use on a regular basis. So I'm wondering if you would have suggestions for the things you actually need to do to make it work and, and what uh, else might be just like an optional extra. I'm sorry that I meandered on that and I'm not sure if that made any sense. Uh, so, um, so actual advice how to get started. Whew, that's a tough one because I guess everyone's situation is, is different. Mm-hmm. So back way back when, when I was starting out, I was living on my own. Uh, so it wasn't a big risk to take, you know, to start my own business to get into that whole thing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if, if it fails in three months, I just find another job. And, and I think we as programmers in general uh, have, have it pretty easy but I digress on that. Uh, if I guess if you have a family or something or something, if you have a family or, or, or dependents on, on you try doing it, you know, part-time. Mm-hmm. So some, somehow start, start doing it. Uh, but uh, like whatever I, I, I think would be good advice might not be good advice for, for I'm just I, okay. I don't even how to f- to phrase this you know because this this is this scary stuff to 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 say to someone like go do this to change your life like mm-hmm. that's that's not so easy I guess yeah true so but uh, try finding someone uh, who already runs a business like that and who can maybe pass on work they cannot uh, pick up mm-hmm. because of their commitments or basically maybe it's just a project that they are not interested in. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, so, so, so you have a sort of a business mentor in them. Okay. Uh, again, Brana Trijan was, was and still is a great mentor for me in, in that regard. Because if you're a programmer, you have the technical details down. You know, that's when it comes to running your own business, the programming is the least of your concerns. You have the, you know, you, can, you need to communicate well and you need to communicate clearly. Mm-hmm. Comes weird from me saying, well, I stutter around saying that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, and you need to, know how to talk to people and 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 basically sell yourself and your your services and that's probably the biggest challenge in this whole freelancing slash consulting business okay that's interesting hmm. i guess it makes a lot of sense as well because you i guess why should you have to what show somebody why they should trust you instead of going with someone else um that you have, you know, I guess the ability, uh, ability and skills and experience to, to complete the work. 
yeah exactly i mean and and most of the time the people who are responsible to make the decision to hire you or not are not technical people they will probably hear advice from other technical people like yeah he's a good programmer or not mm -hmm. but in the end the non-technical people will decide will they accept you based on your hourly or daily rates or you know stuff like that mm -hmm. okay okay That's, uh, that sounds like good advice to to keep in mind if there's anything that you would like to to, to plug to promote um even if it's you know say your, your website or uh, or about your business and yourself then feel free to you know say whatever you'd like to about it because it'd be awesome to hear okay well as i said i have a business together with Varana Srijan. Uh, we run Code for Hire, C-O-D-E-4, like the actual digit for hire, uh, you know, website, GitHub, Twitter, we're all over that place. And I guess my website, robertbasic.com. So that's pretty much it. I have nothing else. Ah, cool. Ah, that's more than enough. I'll have, uh, I'll get the links and I'll put them in the show notes and, and so forth and then mention mention them um probably in the in the outro okay cool thanks. so it has been wonderful to i guess finally you know have a have a voice to voice even if not a face-to-face -face chat yeah hopefully we'll change that next year in php serbia or some other conference yeah hopefully um i'll put a uh, i'll make a submission to help me abstract yeah and then yeah we'll, we'll see how it goes it's help I'm, me abstract yeah I'll, I'll send you over the link if you don't know it Yes, yeah, it's, it's been a while. I, I think I was involved a bit, but I haven't been for ages. So <laughs> I should probably be more active. Um, I always make the excuse of having two kids keeps me occupied, but I think it's not completely uh, valid. <laughs> Thanks for having me, man. This 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 is great. Even though I'm I'm still shaking from nervousness. Like <laughs> it's, been, it's been a pleasure. Like I, I honestly could not hear it in your voice. Okay. So. What did you think of the fireside chat with Robert Basic? I hope that if you're like me and you are, well, already a freelancer, but you're considering sort of changing tack into software development, if you're a full-time or even part-time employee, and you're considering getting into freelancing or software development consultancy, or maybe, you know, you're sort of looking to come across from a different field into software development because you feel that it's something for you, that you, you know, that there was at least several things in the chat that will help you whether raise your sense of confidence, give you sort of specific ideas and, and areas on which to focus and, and what to do. If you want any more information about today's show, go to freethegig.fm forward slash episodes forward slash episode hyphen zero zero three zero, where you'll get all the notes and information and links and so on about today's episode. And just before we go, I want to give a quick plug again to PHP Training by Rob Allen and Gary Hocken, who are giving a course on automated PHP testing on the 13th and 14th of March in Bristol. If you want to know anything more about it, go to phptraining.co.uk. That's phptraining.co.uk. And I will see you in two weeks for episode one, where I chat to my mate, Bruno Squawk, I hope, Bruno, that I have not butchered your last name, mate, where we talk about lots of things, specifically cryptocurrencies. And I'll see you then.